At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, episode number 407. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my standing co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Venack. You having a good day, bud? I am having a good day. I feel like my brain's a little bit broken today, you know, forgetting things that, you know, like my <laughs> password that I've been using every day for the past 20 years. Well, that's not true. I changed my password more than every 20 years. But, you know, just forgetting things like that today, you know. You go upstairs to get a glass of water and you use the bathroom and you come back down and you don't have a glass of water with you. <laughs> Getting yeah, old. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. I, yet well, I've had one of those days where, despite the fact that I still didn't get good sleep, I uh, I seem to be getting things in order. So who knows? Uh, it, there's really no rhyme or rhythm. It, it's a strange thing, the brain. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this. It's not going to be the longest show. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of, some interesting stuff, but just it's not super news heavy this week. Uh, so first off. Uh, you put in here about uh, an update. Uh, uh, schema.org has launched its own schema markup validator tool. Yes. Uh, so what's this? Yeah, so anyone that's been using the Google structured data tool um, probably is aware that Google is discontinuing that tool, which is a shame, uh, and instead advising you to use their rich results test, which is great. The test, that tool, the rich results tool is great. It helps you see how you're, you're doing with your structured markup, but that original structured data tool can also give you a lot of insight and validation of your your code. Well, a lot of people were not happy with Google about that. So now uh, this service, it'll be located at validator.schema.org, which uh, if it looks like the old Google tool, it's because it basically is. Um, the service is powered by Google's general infrastructure for working with structured data. Um, and it's been provided to schema.org as a Google hosted tool. So the tool will not die. It will just live somewhere else. Weird. Um, it's, it's great. And you know, and I had completely forgotten and I had to Google this and then I was like, oh, right. 
that um, schema.org is actually an initiative started by Google and Microsoft and Yahoo about a decade ago. And I totally knew that, but you know, when you don't hear about stuff like that, you kind of forget those connections. So um, yeah, I always wondered, I wonder, I've, I've never looked it up. I'm sure it's an easy find to, to discover this, whether or not it's its own little entity that is funded by them, or if it's sort of like a 20% program that all of them sort of invest in time. Yeah, yeah, you see, I, I looked into it a little bit and I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Hmm. Um, I just, I wanted to know, like I even, I did the Google search, uh, who owns schema.org. I felt like such a newbie searching for that. I was like, I should know this. Um, and I was like, oh, right. But yeah, it didn't really give me a super clear answer. I, I got the information I wanted and then I left the, the Wikipedia page. And I also hate Wikipedia, but I seem to still go there every day. Um, <laughs> we won't it get into Wikipedia. You know, Wikipedia used to be really bad because every one of our clients was basically, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of our clients were outranked by Wikipedia in a lot of cases. And that doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. So so that's good. I don't hate them as much as I used to. It's less often gamed from what I can tell. Of course, I'm sure the people who game it just laugh at me, but that's from what I've seen. <laughs> it does feel that way, doesn't it? There's a or bit less black subtle. hat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so for listeners, what is schema? So schema is a behind the scenes structured markup that helps search engines to better understand your website in a nutshell. Oh, uh, I, to get more than that would be well beyond one-on-one level stuff. So it's yeah, just- Yeah, so yeah, you said it exactly the way I would have said it. I think uh, to make it even plainer, we just add code around code um, on your website to make even clearer to Google what it's about. So if you got a postal code, we put a little code around the postal code. Code. <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong one to use. Um, <laughs> saying this is a postal code. I mean, it's that simple. It's just, it's ridiculous in fact, but well, it's it even easier. clear things up. It's even easier now with JSON LD because you don't have to wrap every little piece of code with more yes. extra code. Um, it just gets easier and easier all the time. So um, if you're not using it, uh, JSON dash LD is a form of structured markup. And I, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I can think of an example where you don't need it at all. So basically all sites should have it to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't get it. There you go. And schema.org is where you'll learn everything you need to know about that. Now I believe and you're way more in the trenches than I am. I believe Yoast implements a basic level of that on when you use their plugin, right? Yoast does quite a bit for it. So if you've got a WordPress website and you've got Yoast configured properly, um, uh, Yoast can definitely be your friend. Now it's not always perfect. You may want to uh, not use the Yoast generated stuff and create your own. I guess that's kind of a case by case basis. But um, if you're you know doing your SEO on your own, you don't have any professional help, and you maybe you don't really understand a lot of this behind the scenes stuff, um, that's a great place to start, and that'll uh, you know get you rolling. And uh, again, trying to rewind here, Yoast, and we're talking about Yoast, what the hell is Yoast, right? Yoast is a, an SEO plugin. So it's a plugin for WordPress that extends the ability of WordPress to provide a little bit of search engine optimization out of the box. Uh, it's a great little tool. Uh, we had, in fact, we had uh, Yoast Devok, the creator and owner of it, um, on the show on episode 404. Uh, it was great having him on and uh, it's always revealing and interesting to see what they're up to because they're always on the cutting edge. So it's a great tool. It's, we don't recommend any other plugin for doing SEO. It's simply the best, in my opinion. Um, right, so uh, schema.org, new tool, 
schema is important on your website, but use JSON LD if, if you can to make things simpler or just use the Yoast SEO plugin. That's it yeah. all in a nutshell. Easy. And, <laughs> and, the, and the validator you can find at validator.schema.org. Um, just enter in your URL you want to test and that's it. Simple. Yeah. And all the validator does is make sure you put the code in right. And also whether or not, I guess it'll also help you identify any, um, I don't know if it does actually issues with whether or not you selected the right categories and stuff. Actually, it probably doesn't, does it? It just shows you whether you got the right syntax. Yeah. It doesn't really help you with category selection or any of that sort of stuff. It is strictly, um, uh, you know, if it's what you have there is marked up correctly, if you have any warnings or omissions that they may recommend. So if you have, say you have local business set up and you forget to put your phone number, it'll give you a warning saying a phone number field is recommended, stuff like that. Um, yeah. okay. Although I don't know many people would forget their phone number. It's kind of one of the critical ones, but maybe you never know. Uh, it's actually a, kind of a, a different um, error or issue we had the other, uh, just a couple of days ago, actually with one of our first uh, dentist clients, we have another, company that does dental marketing um, that I'm co-owner of. And it, uh, this client, it's, it's Google's bizarre. I just don't understand sometimes what it's thinking, but, or how it thinks in this case, uh, her business is showing up. This is her homepage in the rankings. It shows up perfectly well, exactly where we want it to be, but it says uh, uh, next to its uh, search engine result, March, 2017. I'm like, what the? March 9th, 2017. So we, we had, I went to the code. I'm like, how is, how am I, is this happening? Google has decided to show, and this comes from JSON LD, actually from the Yoast plugin, which is perfectly natural. It's on every site almost. I mean, you specify these details. It says, when was this first published? It doesn't matter that it's been updated recently. <laughs> it's showing the first published date instead of the updated date. Um, usually it doesn't show either. I had no idea why Google's decided to show that. Um, anyway, it's something we're trying to figure out, but uh, there are good and bad aspects of JSON LD. I mean, adding that information is just yet another way Google can screw up too. <laughs> it's, you know, the screw ups are plentiful. If you, if you start <laughs> looking for them, there's lots of them out there. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it doesn't harm her at all. Um, it does, it bothers her, uh, the client. And so we're trying to work on it, but uh, it certainly isn't going to have any negative impact on rankings. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop. 
and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All right, so let's jump into Google Search Console. There's an enhancement report for events. What's this all about? Yeah, so this actually ties in perfectly with the schema.org validator tool. So if you have events on your website, uh, which I don't know what percentage of people that would apply to, it's certainly not as common as other things, but uh, if you have events and you have those events marked up, which you in most cases should, uh, within Google Search Console, there is an enhancement report for events. And this is not new, they've had it for a while. Um, but then I guess it was this week or late last week, Google actually updated that report to display more errors um, and to change, downgrade some errors from errors to warnings, things like that. So hmm. if, if you log into your search console and you see a number of new errors suddenly appearing, don't panic. Those errors have always been there or maybe panic. I don't know. Um, they're not new errors. It's just Google is now choosing to tell you about them. So you don't have to think that all oh, my site was hacked and everything broke. No, it's as it was. Um, you're not going to get burned because of this unless you already are for whatever reason. Um, just still, as usual, go in and take a look and fix them. And uh, uh, But no need to panic. Um, yes. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We'll tell you when to panic, but that's no need to panic. Yeah, you don't have to panic <laughs> over this one. Uh, and I don't know what else to say about this. It's just a small little footnote that... Yeah. Uh, you should be aware of if you go into Search Console that there was a change. And that sort of thing happens a lot with the uh, enhancement reports. So Google's always tweaking what they're reporting on. And so if you see a big increase in any of the errors ever, um, I, I won't say it's never a, uh, an issue with something going on on your website to cause them, but it doesn't necessarily mean something has happened. Um, Google's just trying to be more transparent. Wow, that's kind of amazing. It we've, is. We've got to see more of that. <laughs> you know, you know, if we could talk about that, uh, in the past few years, the transparency level at Google has just gone through the roof. Like if I think back to when I started, geez, like 18 years ago, there, it was just a black box and you never knew anything. There was no, no feedback or it was completely opaque. So I, they've definitely done a better job over the past while and are getting better at, uh, sharing. Right. Definitely. Oh yeah. I, I think they've done an amazing job. There's, uh, there's always going to be the conspiracy factor, but uh, they do a good job of even trying to tackle that. Um, so you mentioned uh, event structured markup. I thought I'd just try to detail a couple things here. So we talked about schema markup. This is what we're talking about here as well. It just happens to be for events. Some of the stuff you would add um, behind the scenes in, in JSON LD, if you had events on the page, would be um, event status type, uh, particularly useful when an event is canceled or rescheduled. That's why you would specify that. Uh, maximum physical attendee capacity. Uh, that's literally one of the things. Um, maximum virtual attendee capacity, if it's virtual, which is of course very important these days during COVID. The event schedule, 
director, composer, you know, everything about all this information can be marked up to make it really clear to Google what each piece of uh, data means and how it should be interpreted. So it's uh, very handy and extremely important for anyone with events listed on their pages. Okay, so local SEO news. Uh, I was just cursing this whole situation. I, I, I love reading up on um, uh, the latest support requests and stuff on localsearchforum.com. And one of them was someone who uh, found that all of their Google My Business listings were suspended. No response or explanation provided by Google. Obviously, that is worth freaking out about. <laughs> That's when you panic. Um, and uh, he, he put together an entire list of, you know, why this is ridiculous. There's absolutely nothing wrong. They followed all the rules. Uh, you know, oftentimes Google will uh, suspend uh, Google My Business listings if you truly don't have a physical location or you're trying to game the system. Um, well, he didn't do that. He, he shows examples of photos, literally, of each location, their signs, uh, even provides their insurance. <laughs> I mean, he went all out and still crickets. Um, so Ben, uh, one of the support guys uh, in the forum, said that uh, he thinks uh, this is, you know, if it's, if it's, he's very vague about it, unfortunately, and I've, I've even posted, I wonder what Ben's talking about, but he said, if it's what I think it is, they're never going to respond. Oh, well, that doesn't help much, but I'm fascinated to find <laughs> out what it is. Um, he will respond, I'm sure, himself and follow up, but uh, I would love to know what that is. And really, is there any situation where Google shouldn't say something? I think it's just plain irresponsible. Even if it is spammers, uh, you know, I guess if they've had a history of spamming and you're just like, oh, you again, don't respond, fine. But if it's a person who's never been on the radar before and they're saying, I didn't do anything, you should talk to them. Just say, look, you actually did. If you don't know what it is, here's an article on what it could be. You know, just give them something to diagnose it, and just don't. It's it's just not good faith. I don't, I, I hate when Google treats people like that. They're they're really anyway. messing with somebody's livelihood in in cases like this, where someone's obviously, well, assumingly, obviously not doing anything wrong. Um, there certainly doesn't, they don't, they don't seem to be attending to, they're being very clear that ah, this is it. This is us. There's nothing about this. That's bad. Uh, yeah. There's that policy that Google's following. If assuming they are, I mean, it must be, if they're not, if they're totally ignoring them is, is yeah, it's irresponsible. Um, uh, I think negligent too. I, I don't think they should be allowed to not respond to that when it comes to a business's livelihood. That That is Good. Like when I read your headline in our show notes that all I read it as all Google My Business listings were suspended, like all of them ever. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I miss that? Yeah, um, yeah, that would be everywhere. <laughs> like, I think I should have heard about that by now. And then when you started yeah. talking, I finally went to the link I hadn't looked at. You're like, oh, that's uh, yeah. that's better. I think you I mean, do need some more sleep. I, I do. I do. I'll, uh, I'll have a now, early uh, bedtime. It's a more local SEO. Um, I sort of, I, I titled this 1997 continued, uh, back in 97, uh, quote unquote, gaming SEO results was a joke. I mean, it was so easy to do. Um, uh, it was just the way it was. It, it didn't seem like anything was wrong with it because everything was brand new and very easy to get to the top. So it was a lot of fun to, to start out in marketing then. Anyway, um, 
and that is when I started my company in 97. But uh, anyway, I don't know exactly when Google Local started. Was it 2008? Hmm, I can't remember. But uh, Google, that. Yeah. yeah, Google My Business kicked off and it was very, it was amazing to us because Google had advanced so much in its algorithms. And it was a lot more difficult to game it, which was great. We kept the spammers out and we were, you know, the guys like us who were trying to do the right way, the white, quote unquote, white hat way, um, were able to get some purchase and, and we could push out those guys. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's continued. Google 97 has continued on Google My Business. It's just too damn easy to game. Um, and, you know, we are not doing it. I keep telling my clients, no, we're not going to game it. We're not going to do these, these bad techniques because at some point the bad guys are going to get caught and their pants down and they're going to lose everything. I said that for years and it's so embarrassing that nothing's happened. I'm just embarrassed for Google. Um, anyways, they still reward local listings who put keywords in their name. It's a business name. Uh, and it is, it's just so hard to accept. Uh, with all the data they have, you'd think they could do a better job. Um, anyway, there's a really interesting article. I, I actually happened to write that. And then I saw this interesting article and it, it says the real world impact of keyword stuffing in Google My Business. And it was a, a really intriguing take on it. The idea was that if you, if everyone started keyword stuffing, uh, for example, um, I'll, I'll actually use this, the sample they gave me here because it was a good one. Um, if let's say tree, uh, tree companies in Raleigh, North Carolina, if they all keyword stuffed their, their, their names, their business names, how would you tell them apart? Like Raleigh tree service, Raleigh tree removal, North Raleigh tree service. It's just, it, they're, they're, you don't really have a brand. Um, and they have to actually make that change in their business name to have that stick because Google will, is, is somewhat good enough, about 40% of, of people who game the results and don't actually have that content in their name will be penalized. They'll, they'll either have a soft ban or a hard ban on Google My Business. Not, so it's not worth fix, messing with that. But many people are literally creating business names with these keywords in them. <laughs> One of them examples, uh, examples is a law group, San Diego Personal Injury Lawyer Mobile Law Group. They've actually made that their business name. Um, not the worst thing you could do, but that's pretty darn long. And all of a sudden, if everyone does that, it's pointless. You, you, I mean, almost wish they would because then it's back to the old game of being best at what you do, you know, and yeah. really truly differentiating yourself. Uh, anyway, I, I the have, ranking power has is diminishing when everyone does it, and that's the the core message here, and it's true. I have kind of a real world story from my life that's very similar to this to the Rally Tree Service. Uh, example. A uh, little background about 15 years ago or so, my wife and I moved back to the Comox Valley. And when we did, we had to stick all our stuff in storage while we looked for a place to live. And and my father-in-law booked a storage locker for us. So great. He gave us the keys to the lock and said, uh, yeah, it's unit, whatever it was at, uh, I think it was Comox Valley self-storage. So he said, okay, great. So we go to uh, Comox self-storage 
And no, that's the wrong place. And then we went to Comox Valley Mini Storage. And no, that's the wrong place. And then we, I think we went to three or four different places before we found the correct cell storage location. And it's all because their names, we were like, well, was it Comox Valley? Was it Comox? Was it Courtney? Was it, because Courtney is basically, they're the same city kind of. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but the names are all so similar. You, you don't know what's what. Um, and it's the same as this example on uh, uh, search engine land with rally tree service, rally tree removal, North rally tree service. There's probably a North rally tree removal as well. Um, the other like, aspect the, of this they don't cover is the potential fallout of having a, a name similar to another one. What if that other company is doing really bad business? You could get the negative reviews on your Google My Business listing. <laughs> it happens that, all the time. That's true. And you can, it does the exact opposite too. What if you're doing awesome business and people are going to the competitor because they think they're you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is a very dangerous path to follow and I'm glad we haven't done it as tempting as it's been at times, frankly, uh, simply because we know it'd be an easy win for us to get the rankings, but we just go the harder route to make sure that, you know, we're, we're working on reviews, working on authority, all the things that really fortify a ranking that will stand the test of time. Uh, even if, you know, these sort of things are changed and uh, policies are updated. Uh, anyway, it was, it's, it's still frustrating to see. Uh, I, they are getting better. There are, there are aspects of Google My Business that are getting better, but it's still not great. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, another update in the local SEO news sector. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on wmr.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company, Senior SEO, Scott Vanak. So Google call history is beginning to show in uh, data in Google My Business for select businesses. Uh, we 
briefly spoke about this in the last show. Uh, it's essentially what's happening. I can get a little more in depth about how it works, but if you have a Google My Business listing, uh, in some businesses in the United States are getting the opportunity to uh, enroll in this program where if someone clicks on call, on the, on the, let's say they're using their mobile phone, they, they see the look list and they say call and they wanna reach out to that vendor. Uh, it's getting redirected seamlessly to your account, to your phone number, your business phone number. The redirection there is, is there for a purpose. Google is tracking that. And there's now gonna be a call history report. And these people are already seeing that within the, uh, your Google My Business reporting. And it's gonna show who called when, um, whether it was answered, all that information. And it's really handy, especially these days. In fact, Barry Schwartz gave a good example of how his business, not everyone's working in indoors right now or at the office. Some are, but not all. And as a result, they're missing phone calls. But this is a, at least one way to look back and, and find out which ones they missed. Uh, it's, again, very minimal rollout, but I think it's an interesting concept. And uh, I'm hoping it does roll out to Canada and, and other uh, other clients in the US that we have uh, be uh, interesting data to be able to watch. And I, I love any kind of call tracking data. We use our own call tracking system to, uh, to do this kind of tracking for our clients, but um, it's invaluable to know what's going on and where it came from. It's also a good way to identify when it's an existing client calling you who just lazily went and typed in your business name and called you or whether or not it's new business, uh, which is really important when you're doing any kind of marketing. Okay, the Mueller files, uh, Google, <laughs> I love this. Uh, old sites complain about new sites and new sites complain about old sites with rankings. It's so true, we get this all the time. Um, I don't know, I can't even count. Uh, Scott, we, we get called, like, when we talk to a new client, they're, they're like, I don't understand why this goddamn website is showing before us, they, we've been around 10, 15 years. We've got all this stuff going on and it just showed up out of the blue. What are we doing wrong? And oh. it's, yeah, how common, huh? We see it from both sides. I've, we've had clients who are brand new, brand new sites and three days in. Why am I not ranking? My site's way better than these guys who've been around <laughs> for 20 years. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't even know what to say. You don't, yeah. okay, sure. It's, it's, it's kind of painful to explain. It really is. Because uh, to us, it seems obvious, but it isn't always. Uh, and, and the fact is, um, by itself, and, Google, and, and John Mueller says this, age means nothing on the internet. Your domain age doesn't mean a thing by itself. Again, he's being literal here. Uh, typically, if your website has been around a long time, uh, it, this, it, you're using a domain, it's been around, but it's mainly because it's connected to a website with great content and has had excellent signals, positive signals saying that you know what you're doing, you know, you've got great shares, uh, industry sites are talking about your website or your business, all that is going to help and you're going to build a great authority. Typically, you won't be outpaced by a brand new website unless they're doing a lot of great things and they're getting a lot of current press. And uh, perhaps they've got a great link for something. You, there are ways for them to, to exceed it, to jump ahead of you. But typically that's not the case. Uh, oftentimes if, uh, and I'm speaking of course from an old website's perspective, if, if they're seeing that they're being kicked out of the top rankings by a new one, it's because a new one's working harder. 
um, and they've just outpaced you. There are incidences, a couple that have just made me just go insane. Like just, I just have moments of going, God, quit, <laughs> um, where it makes really truly makes no sense. I just don't know what Google's thinking. Why is this site ranking? Uh, you, I often, yeah, I often wonder sometimes when I see sites like that, what black hat tricks are going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, you know, because sometimes every now and then usually things can be explained, but sometimes they can't, but there, there's a reason it's not, it's not magic. Um, and I don't know, it's just every now and then you get one of those oddball ones and takes a lot of digging. And there's actually recently, I haven't had so many of those. I've had a couple, you know, we, we have a fair amount of, of, of business even during COVID and, and there's been a couple in the last year, small businesses, but that we've done all of the best tactics we know that work 99% of the time, it seems anyway. Uh, and it just hasn't worked. And I don't see why great website, good reputation, reviews, excellent SEO, if we do say so ourselves. Uh, Google my business looks good still can't seem to be getting the top 10 again. It's like it, it, it's like it was penalized somehow. But there's no notices of that. Uh, it's those ones drive me batty. They do keep me awake at night. I don't get it. Um, thankfully those are a very, very few and far between, but uh, I do wish there was a, a clear answer. Why? Anyway. All right. Heading one tags. <laughs> this is a great one. So, um, Let's turn it one second here. His, uh, it was Roger Monty. Uh, we've had Roger on the show before. He's a great guy. Anyway, he does lots of great writing on Search Engine Journal. He wrote this one, and I got a good kick out of this. Heading H1 headings, over 50% of SEOs doing it wrong? <laughs> He's got pictures of SEOs like getting all righteous and looking like someone's going to have to break up a fight. And <laughs> <laughs> is multiple H1 tags a good idea or not? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Um, so heading one tags are in your HTML. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way to, uh, structure content on your web, on your web page. So it's, well, generally there's certain, um, styles attached to each heading. And if you have a heading one, it's usually large. It's a title. It's like a title of your page, not the title tag, but a title of the visual thing you see in the page. And then heading two is slightly smaller, different color. Heading three, is, you know, it's more diminutive and, and so on. Um, some people have multiple heading ones on the page and you should think, well, should there be multiple titles? No, uh, that's my take on it. Unless it's somehow a multiple title. I don't know, I don't even know. Like I multiple versions, I don't know. <laughs> I, would say, I would say having a, a more than one H1 on a page Typically, you don't need to do that, but there are cases where you would, especially if you get into long form content. Um, if you typically you'd want two hate heading ones if you've got two distinct areas of content that are possibly different, you know, they can stand alone as their own. But in most cases, you probably want a whole separate page for that second block of content. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there, there's certainly legitimate reasons why you might want to do that. But generally speaking, you know, I would say not. One, you only need one, but again, from an SEO perspective, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. really matter. No, no. I mean, there was a time when Google would take them as hints. Uh, you know, if, if the heading one was there, that was sort of a, a suggestion that that's the title or the main content of the page. I actually don't see a reason why they 
you know, even their AI algorithms would look at that. I, it would be kind of pointless to put any weight on it, but it I, helps them understand the page perhaps. I um, think they do still take a little bit of a hint because in the John Mueller quote, he does say uh, a whole bunch of stuff and then says, but sometimes having a clear heading on a page gives us a little bit more information yeah. on what that section is about. So right. the value is more than zero, but how much more than zero? Probably not a lot. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? Just think best practices. Uh, I think one of the examples here is what one I would have used as well. And that is um, whenever I'm doing a Word document, I always have the bookmark pane open so I can see how the page structures. I like clean. And so there's only one H1 tag. And that shows up as a title. And it's like a table of contents that appears on the left side of your screen when you're doing Word documents. And then I use a heading two for the next section and a heading and then threes for subsections of it. And then it all shows up beautifully within the, in the, in the word document, um, in the table of contents. And that is just a natural way to want to read. Uh, and it, I think it helps clarify the structure of a page. It's a good usability feature, a comfortable way to read all good things that you want to have on your web pages. If you want, your visitors to enjoy themselves. That's my opinion. Um, it isn't the end of the world if you don't do that, but it certainly is, a, I think, a better uh, product when you do. Right. But yes, from an SEO perspective, it's not the end of the world if you don't. And a lot of people didn't realize that. A lot more than I would have thought. Yes, yes. All right, we have one question. Thankfully, we have got a, it's been a little while. It's uh, uh, always good to have a new one. This one's from Cameron Raman. Says, I'm curious to know, has anyone noticed any significant swings in or Google organic traffic in the month of April where the swings have established new traffic baselines? I noticed that from January through about the end of March, my site has had a high baseline of organic Google traffic. So things were good. Then sometime in April, it dropped back down to pre-2021 pre levels. It's really weird. So... Scott and I were discussing this, and the only thing that really can come to comes to mind that really happened in April that was significant and actually notable was the um, uh, the review update. So sites who were that were essentially review pages, review sites, talking about different products, and usually they were affiliate based, um, got hit hard, really hard. Now I don't know how hard you're talking about here. Like, did you drop a ton? Do you even have a review website? I don't know, but uh, I would suspect that anyone who has seen a fairly significant drop in April, that's probably the reason. Is there anything else we can think of, Scott? I, I don't think so. Yeah, there, there's not a lot that happened in April that I'm aware of that would have a big impact aside from this product review update, which may have. But I was wondering just now while you were talking, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to answer these questions because we can't ask questions back to help clarify mm -hmm. things. But what I have to wonder is, I wonder if near the end of 2020, maybe around Christmas, uh, he posted some kind of content, whether it be a blog, a big blog that did really well, and it got that initial boost for a few months. And then, you know, as a lot of blogs do, they, they get that boost in traffic and then it tapers down. And I wonder if it just naturally tapered down in April. Um, mm. You know, possibly I would look into that, like look into where the entry traffic is coming to in your site. Is it all, if it's to the homepage, maybe this doesn't apply, but if it is a specific piece of content, has anything changed on that content? Is it now outdated? Is it a blog post? Um, maybe there's something there. Uh, Excellent point. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to say, but there could be more going on for sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Great. I think so, that's uh, uh, helpful, at, uh, at least a little bit, Cameron. Um, let us know if uh, we've missed something. We're more than happy to follow up again in the next show. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link, and you can refresh your memory of past shows at any time. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week on WMR.fm. Thanks, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.